0: Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoiler burst via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler, spoiler Country! Country
1: if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram any of those kinds of things you should always check us out on spoilerfirst.com but if you want to keep up with our latest episodes you should bring out your smartphone get into your favorite podcaster find Spoiler Country and hit subscribe then you'll get all our new
2: stuff and if you want to reach out to us you can do that in two ways you can call us leave use the voicemail at 707-656-2080 again 707-656-2080 or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com
1: Of the Republic of Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenner Creek, and that's Mr. Horsley, and that's Mr. Allen. And today on the show. Well, we have Screenwriter. He's written sci-fi books. He has quite a large following. Mr. Ed Savio. Casey. Yeah, yeah. Tell us all about Mr. Tell us all about Mr. Savio. So Edward Savio
0: is um, he's doing really good right now on Amazon. He's got books trending number one and number nine. Uh, not wow. only that, but his audiobooks are narrated by Will Wheaton. Uh, you guys probably already know Will Wheaton is really kind of picky with the projects he chooses to take on.
1: And who's who, who, Who's Will Wheaton? I don't I don't know this person at all. Uh, you,
0: you might never have known him, him as I've Never uh, heard of him, Mister Wesley Crusher of the of the Rainbow Sweater from Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation. What's, what, what What's Star Trek? Oh, man. Uh, you, you might have also known him we're as Talking about Star
1: Wars? <laughs> Are we talking Star Wars? It's not the guy that was okay, on Big Bang Theory? About, think about Star Wars, <laughs> okay, I'm
0: but if they big were, big were big kind of communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Everybody's going to fucking hate me now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed Savio. Edward Savio, yes, yes. Edward Savio is totally rad guy. I wanted to go ahead and knock out a really quick interview with him because he has a, a, a thing coming up on Friday where he is going to do like a, um, a live panel and talk about his books, talk about writing. And uh, that can all be... You know, get gotten to via his website, uh, and super great guy Edward Savio. Check him out. His Twitter is uh, his Twitter's poppin. popping. Um, so yeah, Edward Savio is, it is at great. Popping
2: or what? What's, what's do, do you know his at? His handle his,
0: his at is at Edward Savio. So fair, yeah. fairly simple, and his website is edwardsavio.com. Savio.com. That's E D. W A R D S A V I O dot com. Perfect. I'm sure people <laughs> needed that last part, but uh, I mean,
2: yeah, I was confused. <laughs> I, I was gonna say C A M or C I M. I wasn't sure, or C O M E. I had <laughs> to be consistent, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, I yeah, can't that, wait to oh, get oh, him I mean. on again because he has a lot of stuff to say, and uh, really, just we get we just barely touched on uh, his writing process. And uh nice. I really want to get a deep dive because the man knows what he's doing.
1: Nice. Well let's sit back and listen to Casey and Ed work.
0: What what was that what was that line from the, the the third Batman film from the Nolan film where Bane is talking about never born, never seeing the sun? That yeah, is born. writers that is comic
3: oh, people that is creatives it, it's so funny you know and i and i you know and, and it's like for me one of the fun one of the most fun things is that you know i do a a lot of i, I do a lot of recording of my voice and saying okay i'm gonna think about something and here is you know here's an idea and so I can go back, I can go be on a bike or walking or out doing something and get these notes down, which I think are more useful than just sitting at home thinking. Sometimes think sitting at home thinking is great, but you know, uh, getting outside stimulus is really helpful. I remember um, we record, we're recording now. So yeah, we're, we are totally on. We're totally on. So, um, You know, one of the things I remember is I I wrote this book called Idiots in the Machine, which was, you know, I was a screenwriter first, um, wrote things for Sony and for um, for Disney. uh, Well, not really Disney, quote, sorry. Uh, I wrote them for Disney (laughs) Studios. I wrote them for Touchtone and, you know, the mainstream, not the television shows. Um, But. But it's like I wrote Idiots in the Machine, and I remember walking down the street one day near my apartment in Los Angeles when I was living down there. And there was this house that I just – it was set back from the road. It had uh, this picket fence in front that was just trashed, and the gate is half off. And the mailbox is stuffed full of mail and there's just overgrown trees and the grass is dead. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in that house? Like, what are those people alive? And I just had this thought and then boom, I'm thinking, and I wrote a scene that ended up in there in that book from that moment. You know, just so around.
0: is that is is that where you get a lot of your ideas, just through personal experience and and taking things in? Are you a sponge?
3: I'm an I'm an observer and a sponge. Uh, even when I'm speaking out loud and and performing, even if I'm at a party and I'm talking, uh, I'm I'm observing. So yes, I take that stuff in. I also go down as many artists and writers do. I go down rabbit holes you know where i will find a piece of information that just leads me down into this deep dark i don't underbelly of the world and oh, yeah, you come yeah. out like you come out <laughs> 3 hours later and all of a sudden you're like wow that was 5 minutes to me and i understand time travel right when i do that stuff so so i, I was talking to <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> I was talking to Amanda Divert the other day, and um, we we both came to the conclusion that you know just through our web searches, through through research and writing and stuff, uh, if the feds ever you know if there's a you know some spook looking at our our, our web searches, we'd be toast. My, they
3: they would <laughs> they wouldn't even question. They're just like, yeah, you're going to jail. Oh, my kids are my kids are like. Dad, there's an FBI file out on you. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent FBI file. I mean, so so it, so. Uh, Alexander X and uh, Ancient Among Us are part of this Battle for Forever series that I I started to write for my kids who were teenagers. Um, and but I didn't want to write a young. I didn't want to write a young adult. I wanted to write something that everyone can get into. I feel like. I also write mainstream novels, um, and I just feel like I have more or less swearing. That's what I feel like, more or less swearing, more or less sexual content. Other than that, I try to write the same, you know, in terms of how yeah. I describe the world. Um, but but for Alexander X, uh, there's a moment in, in the second book where he has to get behind security in an airport and do something. And he's got to find all of the possible weapons he can use to defend himself behind security. And that was an interesting (laughs) research project. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting sitting in the Washington National Airport and my son is in Washington, D.C. for this you know, school thing, uh, that they, they sent him for a week and I'm picking him up. I'm visiting family back East in Connecticut. I'm coming down, uh, to Washington and then I'm going to pick him up and fly back to San Francisco. And my story takes place. This one scene takes place in Logan international airport, but I'm, I'm in Washington DC and I'm at Reagan national. And I'm behind security, and I go to one of the gift shops, and I see they're selling Washington Monument statues made out of plasticine. Now, these are weapons. These are stabbing <laughs> weapons. They are literally pointed. You could, I mean, you know, I, I did my research. nothing. There and I is nothing. <laughs> a rolled up newspaper i mean you know with one of those things and you have a dangerous weapon there's
0: nothing more america than stabbing somebody with the (laughs) washington monument
3: (laughs) totally so 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 for me because it wasn't you know because it was in logan not washington i of course uh, made the jump that they of course are going to sell bunker hill monuments in the logan airport which would do the exact same thing, um, so nothing more patriotic than that. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. You you you. If you stab somebody with the Washington Monument, immediately somebody starts playing "Proud to be an American," and uh, <laughs> yeah, a bald eagle flies overhead just exactly. right away. <laughs> right,
3: right, yeah.
0: So, so, go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just gonna ask, like, um, what. What was the uh, the impetus for you to go from, from screenwriting to, to doing novels? Is it something you always wanted to do?
3: So, um, I had this itch in my head of writing uh, a novel. And I wrote this book, Idiots in the Machine, that was kind of like a cult. Um, it kind of, you know, I mean, people love it or they hate it. But... Um, it, it was something, I wanted to write the anti-screenplay. I'd written probably at that point 18 screenplays, maybe 19, and uh, I was just like, I am so done with screenplays. I can't write another screenplay. I need to write something where I I have a little more freedom in what I say. I mean, I, for me, screenplays are like haiku, right? They, they have a really set Number of pages, how much, how many lines you can do, and they even down to the one standard font we have to use. You know, and so I wrote the anti screenplay with the belief that no one would ever be able to make it into a movie. And it was the biggest sale I had in terms of it got sold to Sony for seven figures. Uh, You know, picked up by the producers of, you know, the award-winning producers of Forrest Gump. Now, you know, it was uh, originally kind of written with uh, Chris Farley in mind. Uh, but you know, obviously things changed, So the movie didn't get made, but I, that's what happened. I wrote this book that was never supposed to be turned into a screenplay. And that is wild. I got paid a lot of money to turn it into a screenplay. Um, and then, and then what happened is I decided to raise my kids and I moved to San Francisco, uh, when I got married and, um, I was traveling down, still kept an apartment down there in Los Angeles, but it was much harder. And as soon as the kids came along, I really didn't want to travel as much. And uh, it kind of killed my career for a while. So I went back and I thought, well, what can I do? I'm still writing. What can I do that's more in line with how I want to live my life? And I started writing Little short stories that I'd always written before, and then I wrote this kids' book for my kids, and then I decided I'm going to write something bigger, and that's where you know this idea of Battle for Forever came from. And imagine there's and and the the backstory of this is, imagine there are a few hundred people out there, and in all the people in the world, who age one day for every 100 days, and these people they're like 4,000 years old. 5,000, 3,000 years old, but they look 30 or 40 or 50. They've been kings and queens and generals, great, great men and women, some of the most famous people in the world. But they're not immortal. They're human. They can die. They jump in front of a train. They're dead. They just have what we now know as this genetic effect that kills most people who have it. But the ones who survived and the ones who passed this defect on, they can live a hundred times as long as normal. Again, they can die. But for the last, let's call it, hundred years, they've been cooling their heels and living in the shadows because they can't risk being famous anymore. They can't be great anymore because now fingerprints, photo surveillance, DNA, biometrics, if they become great or even just well known they'll never be able to be great again people would know and their secret would be out and this balance this delicate balance between us and them and between themselves there's a few hundred of them would be destroyed but they want to be great again they have to be great again they have never gone this long without that kind of power So what would these people do who are 4,000 years old, who have been some of the greatest people in the world? That's the world, and that's the place where we start and we meet our hero, who is Alexander X. He's the 10th of his name, but he uses it because he also never has a real last name. Right now, he's known as Alexander Grant. And he's a junior at a small high school in the Berkshires, and he's kind of been tucked away. He's never been famous or great, but he's lived He's lived a lot and he's seen a lot, but his mind and his body and his emotions are that of like a 15 to 17 year old. And everything is going along fine. Maybe it's a little bit boring, but fine, until someone tries to kidnap him and use him to get to his father, who is one of the most powerful of their kind. And that's where this starts. It's like a hero's journey, but it it grows from there. a collective journey and it's a very different world but you know how the marvel cinematic universe began with iron man right oh yeah right this this is like that where it then it blossoms into something more where more people come in but it starts with this one character and you know i've built i've i've really tried like in some ways people are like well you know book one is something and it's interesting it's cool but you know it's not a huge story but when they get to book two and as now I'm writing book three, it becomes bigger, you know, as opposed to trying to write the same book, just three versions of it. I've tried to, to do something a little different and, you know, people, the people who are along this journey are going to be really happy. I think with how it's growing, you know, um, but you know, that's, that's just my opinion, but that's how I'm doing But anyway, he's, he's basically, He's got to, you know, right now he's like got to escape. You know, he's been dragging his best friend and his girl he has a crush on, and he's got to find his father, and he's got to figure out what the hell is going on. So, that's that's kind of so, a, a rough me, a rough idea of what is going on. Th- this this series sounds amazing, and
0: you have been like it's been selling like hotcakes. Um, additionally. Yeah you have been doing really well with the audio version. Um, the, and yeah. that's been narrated by, by Will Wheaton. Um, he narrated the, the first book and then you went and wrote the second one. Do you, do you mind if I ask you a question about that? So what, when you wrote uh, Ancient Among Us, that's
3: the second in the series, correct? Right. Um, and, he, and he also did the, he's also done yeah. the, the audio for that. Yep.
0: Did, did, that kind of affect how you wrote it. Did did you think about how it would be with spoken word once you kind of had that voice in your head? Did that so take any?
3: So I'll tell you. So I'll tell you how it did and it didn't. Um, you know, I. Uh, you know, we we went and lobbied uh, for for Will. You know, we did this book ourselves. You know, we produced this ourselves. Um, And, um, you know, one of the things that I really wanted is I wanted to have a strong narrator who would get, who would really get it. There's people who read books. There's great people who read books, but you know, there's a few people who perform books and, and that doesn't mean they do, he performs them. And, 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 and it doesn't mean that like, there's people who do better voices than some of these top guys, men and women who are the who I feel are the best narrators. There's other people who do better voices, right? They do a million voices, but in some ways, that's more distracting. He has a persona, and especially for this here, he really fit it. You know, he he kind of has that. He's both young and an old soul, you know, and that's how that's how Alexander is. So, so how? You asked Casey how this changed. One thing that I've always been cognizant of from the beginning, way before I ever thought about audio, uh, audiobooks is I am not a big fan of the "he said, she said" a thousand times. I think, you know, uh, immature. Yeah, that's right, annoying. <laughs> right, immature. <laughs> immature writers tend to try to change it up. Going, he announced, you know. He shouted, well, that shouted's okay. He yelled, that's okay. But he announced or, you know, he intimated, you know, intimated, God, you know, what, what I try to always do is I try to, if, if there's a, if there's two characters going back and forth and we know the pattern, then it's fine. If there's more than two, which is in a lot of this book, then I try to describe what the person is doing, uh, when they speak. Or how they speak it. Not that they said it. And because, because I've listened to some great authors where when I read the books, you as a reader just ignore he said, she said. We, we just look at it like a character name on a script. We don't read it out loud. But a narrator reading it out loud is really annoying. Especially if it's like, I think we should go to the store, he said I agree. She said, I wonder if it's open. He said, I don't know. She said, do you know what I mean? I mean, it just gets,
0: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it adds a whole different element to it when you're thinking about, Oh, this is going to be read aloud by a professional. And uh, yeah, I, I never would have thought about that being a factor because yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense that you don't want to, that especially because it's kind of like I could I see that sometimes when, when you see a, a, a crutch that an author has. Somebody pointed out on Twitter the other day uh, a particular author liked to say chuckled a lot, mm-hmm. and it was up to five times on a page, and it was maddening. When you if you're hearing it read aloud, I'm sure it's uh, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> chuckled it, chuckled. By the
3: way, laugh, laughing, right, or that sighing or the noises that people make, that you want someone to make, of all the things, I think chuckled and giggle. Giggle, I mean, can work for some people, young people more, a little bit. And maybe in some sense, instances, instances, people can giggle, but it's, there's no great synonyms for laugh that writers can use i mean there's a ton of them but all of them chortle i mean really like every time i hear that yeah, word do you- chortle
0: <laughs> are you actually going like to say that choking. in real life no yeah if yeah, like someone's yeah. going
3: <laughs> chortle chortle <laughs> it's a it's a very unattractive word it's a very unattractive word and and you know what and and what's happening interesting enough in book three So one of the reasons why, I mean, I'm, I'm deep into book three, but it's, it's taken a little bit longer because I originally, um, because it is growing, I wanted to, um, I needed to expand the world and it's told this, these books are told in first person. And so I had to kind of move into parts that were going to be in third person. And I thought to myself, well, could I do third person or a second, first person, And if I did a second first person, well, maybe I'd have a different narrator here. And, you know, would I do it from a female point of view? And I'm like, hmm, it's really tough because as great as some of the female um, narrators are, Will is so powerful and his voice is so powerful that it's like I want to listen to a female narrator all the way through. Like, I don't don't like going back and forth between narrators in general. And then I thought, well, you know, two great, you know, strong narrators. But I ended up going… I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a way that Will can do all of it, even if I have to do third person. And part of it was reinforced when at the beginning of the year, Will redid the Martian and part of the Martian, 80% of that book is first person, but about maybe 20% goes back on earth and is in third person. And nobody bought nobody got bothered you know i think people would be more bothered if a new narrator came in for part of a book
0: yeah i would i could totally see that being uh, dis- distracting
3: for sure so you know i had to go back and i had written a whole bunch of stuff and then i decided well i've got to go back and rethink this because that's going to be both distracting as an audiobook and the truth is it didn't even play when red it plays much better now because uh, when 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 you're a little when you have like one first-person character who has emotions and all that that's great but when you have a semi dis detached third party telling the rest of the story you can sometimes get some really great stuff that you can't get when a first person is telling you know I think I think one I I love like I love the Hunger Games. One of the things that was so strange about the Hunger Games is there were moments where you just were like, "I want to know what's going on outside of her," you know. So, um, so that is going to be an interesting thing to see how that goes. So, that's a bit of a spoiler for some people. Yes,
0: and Uh, I also read. that if you sign up on your website,
3: you get a novelette by the name of Bloodborne? Yeah, so backslash novella, A novella. It's called Backslash Bloodborne. So there's this idea that I would like to write a few of these stories, maybe two more, who knows, uh, from completely different points of view, usually uh, definitely told in first person. Um and this one is told from one of my favorite characters, Renica, who comes in the second book. And she is like, she's a cross between um, be, between Trinity, you know, Carrie Ann Moss's Ma- character, a cross between Trinity and Wonder Woman in a way, like her in some ways, you know. I mean, not, she doesn't have like superpowers. Again, these people have zero superpowers superpowers the only superpower so they just have, have really good genes well they have yeah they, the real the superpower they have casey is time and that's their greatest superpower because um they they can learn stuff they know how to do things that other people you know they could take a hundred years to learn how to play the piano even if they're shitty at it right you know what i mean I mean, a bad person could learn how to play piano great if you had a hundred years. Well, our characters fifteen hundred years old. Some of these characters are two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. How good are they? You know. I,
0: I I also thought it was interesting how, in that same vein, um, you also kind of show the effects of trauma, of hundreds of years of trauma, that these yeah. people may have had inflicted upon them because it's it's not all playing piano and learning how to sword fight perfectly and being a complete badass you're also you know getting your ass kicked occasionally
3: you're getting your ass kicked and you're also seeing you know i mean one of the one of the themes in the books is that he's got these two normal people along with him on this journey and you know we meet a lot of other we meet others like him but these two these two people are you know they they struggle once they first of all once they don't know what's going on and then once they realize what's going on they struggle with both how old he is in comparison to them and how short their lives are but he also struggles with the fact that this is a pattern where he's met people and you know he's had to in order to protect his identity for the most part, he's had to maybe stay at his age. He can stay one place, maybe three to four years. His father, who's almost 4,000 years old, 4,000 years old or so, he could probably stay one place, 10 or 15 years, maybe a little bit more, Um, you know, because he can pretend to age, but they're always going to lose these people. And even when he has in the past, stupidly, revealed himself to others um and tried to get a few more extra years it's either gone very badly um with those people losing their mind because they want to figure out how to become like him or it's just it's just painful that this person who you are both the same age with start to grow old and you know, not only, you know, there's, there's sadness in growing old, but there's also greatness in growing old. And so from his point of view, they're getting older and from their point of view, they're growing up in life and leaving him behind. And so he's being left behind in two different ways, both emotionally and physically when these people die, but also they go on and start families. They go on and do other things in life. And he's kind of stuck in this wonderful thing for him because it's normal to him where he gets to you know do all of these things and meet all these great people you know and and live a certain life but there's downsides
0: that's uh that that's pretty that's crazy and i i really like how you explore that um you uh so you started off as a screenwriter and then you you you've sold books yeah. for the screen. Any yeah. plans on eventually doing, uh, do
3: it, putting this on the big screen. So there's a couple of options, you know, I'm a screenwriter, so I absolutely have thought about this as a movie or a series of movies. Uh, more likely, I think this, the way that the, the way this is and the way the story kind of overlaps from one book to another, um, it's, it's a little more like a long form television series. You know, something that might this be great. on
0: a. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, like, so, like on Amazon or Netflix or HBO, something like those that. Those type of things. Where they yeah. can actually get into the character. And you've done a lot of world and character building in this. So it, it only kind of makes sense that you would want to do that
3: yeah and and one of the things that's really fun about this is that and and like the bloodborne we talked about the bloodborne um novella and that you by the way they can get it if they just go to battleforforever.com, all spelled out battle for forever not the letter or the number four battle for com forward slash bonus and they can just get it and like you won't get a lot of emails from me. You'll just get like, Hey, when it's a new book coming up or, um, you know, or maybe a funny video, but, um, but the thing that I got to do with explore with that is I got to look at the, I didn't want to, I want people, like people can read that book at any point. They could read it before they start the series. They could read it after they finish the series. They could read it in the middle of it it does highlight the series it does give clues to what's coming and it also gives meaning to things that have already happened but what was really wonderful and freeing about it casey was that i got to explore these this character and these other touches of life um, outside of my main character and realized how important that would be because i had already started thinking and writing even a first couple of drafts uh of like a pilot television show and i had thought about how these things we do not see and do not hear about in the book um because they we don't know about them because our character doesn't know about them can be brought to life on either the big screen or the small screen or even in these short stories and novellas because there's so much richness to the world and uh one of the coolest things casey is that and and i really appreciate this and i didn't appreciate this as much until after i started getting feedback from fans which you know people are like we've seen the immortal thing done before we've seen people who live long lives there's a couple of things that make this different One, they, they can die. You know, they are not immortal. And the second thing is that they don't have any superpower, right? There just isn't anything. They, they can't do anything. They can't run faster. Yeah. They have a better immune system. Yes. They live longer. Yes. They know how to mitigate risk, but they've had to learn. And in a way, this is about how all of us Can really be great if we just work at it as hard as we can, as great as we can be. We all maybe have limitations, but if we just focus on something, you know, that's what I always want. That's what I was trying to talk to anybody who was reading this at first. I was like, these people, these are not the Da Vinci's, right? These are not the the inventors. They are the masters. They take what has been. Created and become great from it. I
0: um, I am stoked for this series. I can't wait to read it. I uh, I'm gonna post links to the uh, the Bloodborne novella and uh, I guess your website on there, along with this episode on our episode notes and um. Sp- Speaking of things that will be in the episode notes, you're going to be doing a virtual book con panel on the 30th of this month, correct? Yes. So um, where can people find that and uh, how do do
3: they get access to it? So if they they should definitely follow me on Twitter, Twitter or Instagram, but mostly Twitter, Um, you know, because I have more things to say than show you. (laughs) and but uh but um and i think that's one way uh they could also you know go to if they sign up for that book if they sign up for the the bloodborne they're gonna i'll I'll let people know a day before uh it's gonna be the 30th next and, and i'll let them know how to get into it Uh, we'll get the information for BookCon uh, in the next week or so, and uh, they can also find it on my website, which is just myname.com. So EdwardSavio.com. Awesome, awesome. And
0: so, I really enjoyed talking to you about uh, about your books, about your your writing, and I'd love to have you back on for for a longer form chat if if you're down with it. And absolutely. um, Yeah, yes. There, there's so much going on right now that uh, I'm, I'm really wondering how that affects people's creative input. And uh, also, your uh, I'd like to know how you kind of do the work-life balance thing. And uh, I, I hope to talk about that in the next chat, because you being a father of two, I have two kids, and yep. it's something I'm struggling with myself. So maybe you can kind of Uh, Show me the ropes. (laughs) Def,
3: I'll definitely talk you through because it was really important to me. You know, I mean, it was super important, and to the point where my career, you know, uh, you know, I had to find a way through. And you know, and there are things you can do, and we we can talk about them. You know, so so, but
0: before we go, I I always like to give shout outs to local bookshops and people, you know, on the street level that uh you know, if you don't have a bookshop, it's kind of hard to sell books. We yeah. do a lot of comic creators. Uh comic shops are the lifeblood of the comic books industry.
3: Um my kids are with- such big fans by the way. And they're like they're they're huge comic book fans. I did not grow up with comic books as much, you know, as a kid. And I think first of all I mean, yes, there's great ones that have always been, but they just got so much better after in the after the 80s. To me, oh yeah, we're told. spoiled
0: now. We're totally spoiled, and it, you know, people are starting to see it as as a medium that needs to be respected. Um, but you know, given that you're you're a writer, do you have <laughs> uh, do you have any local bookshops that you're you're particularly
3: fond of that you want to shout out because they need uh, love right now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I love. Uh, city lights in the city. Here uh, we we just had a, a big fundraiser for them because they were, um, you know, uh, they're safe now though, right? They're safe now. They're safe in two days. You know, for now. And, you know, uh, oh Chris, my goodness, uh, Chris Moore and and a few other people. I I, I tweeted out and then Chris Moore, you know, kind of uh, did as well. And a bunch of other people, a whole bunch of writers in San Francisco. Um, it was great. And then uh, Books Inc, you know which uh, is is the, is like the biggest like independent bookstore stuff on the West Coast. they have like a few places here in the city and a few I think up in the in the Northeast and sorry in the the Northwest. books, Inc is great and they're really good to authors um, because they they understand you know when we come in and we talk to them and you're like, hey, I'm a local author and you feel like a you know, an idiot. And they're like, "Oh well, yeah, <laughs> come on. All right. Come on in. I mean, book people are so great. I mean, the book world, I, I'm being used to the film world. The film world works at warp speed. You know, it works at warp speed. The book world is like, Hey, what, what, you know, hold on. You, fin- <laughs> you know, you finished that book. Yeah, it's finished. We're, we're still not going to, publish it for another year and a half don't worry about it <laughs> you know what i mean but, oh yeah <laughs> but so uh but but the book world the people that are very accessible and and so i would say yeah city lights Books sync you know any and any awesome. local bookstore right now any physical bookstore is great
0: <laughs> oh yeah you guys you know try to figure out ways to help your bookshops your comic shops Let's keep those things going, and I mean, it's not like you
3: don't have time to read now. So it's true, you everybody. Know, take, it's true. On the back of the physical copy of the book, I literally say, you know, you know, if I, I was gonna, I was gonna give people a different how Bloodborne came about originally is I had written it just simply for people that uh, took pictures of the book in front of a local bookstore and sent it and tweeted it or sent it you know what i mean and i think all writers if we you know and then you know then i opened it up to everybody else but if if all writers did a little something like that like just gave someone just a little window like 30 days 60 days where if they go to their local bookstore and they did something special and just take a picture you know i think that would be cool and they appreciate it Edward Savio, thank you so much for being on the
0: show, and Thanks, um, we will uh, we'll get back with you soon and have a long form interview. Okay.
3: Okay, great, man. All right. All right have Casey. a good
0: afternoon, and uh, I'll be watching on the thirtieth.
3: <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, sounds bye. good. Bye.
1: And we're back.
2: We are back, Casey.
0: I did, I did, I did. And so, just want to kind of let you guys know, that's not the best audio recording I've ever had. Uh, Actually, (laughs) given my history on the show, it's not the worst either. Um, (laughs) I wanted to get him in, we we were totally booked last week, and I wanted to go ahead and get him on super quick. So I actually called him uh, via uh, my ride home from work. So, um, uh, and as soon as I, as soon as I got off the phone with him, I had to run in, grab my dog, take my dog to the vet. And, uh, that was another adventure in and of itself. But Edward Savio, the man is, uh, the
1: man, the myth, the he, legend. He is. He's, he's a great dude.
2: Yeah. I think it's funny. We all got, we all have puppies now. I think it's hilarious. Oh, man. Their little—I know Kenrick started the puppy trend, but and that was, was before. Well, I was able. just
1: pre-COVID. I, I yeah, it's kind of funny because like we got it, and then like um, like two weeks later, they're like everything's on lockdown. Yeah, and it was freak. I can't imagine having three.
0: There, mine is already a shit factory
1: in and of itself. And oh, uh, dude, John, dude, I can't imagine. Who knows what John? Well, it's not John. Okay, let's just make me. this super <laughs> clear. This was not John's decision. He said no at every puppy turn. Okay. Yeah, I, said, I said no three times. Yeah, he said no three times. He, he was vetoed three times. Yep. Uh, that means that he is due for something huge at some point in the near future, right? Be it whatever favor it could be. But he is owed something big time because he'll be like, oh, no. Remember when you bought three fucking yep. puppies in two weeks? Yeah.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, like this
2: morning, we woke up, Casey, and like we have the dogs in the kitchen area downstairs, right? We block them off from there so it's like easier. And because you know puppies will pee on yeah, carpet, yeah. this is what they do. We have puppy pads down, but last night it was like they just opened up a hose and like doused the whole floor. So I spent I woke up this morning and mopped my floors because it was disgusting.
1: <laughs> it
0: just opened up a hose. We, it's, it we cage gross. train at night, but we we keep None him nice. uh, we keep him in in the um, in the kitchen just because he he started to um, How back kick his, his turds. Uh, oh. And he's he's got great distance. So I've, oh. I've started putting out some. Uh, we Got a little NFL kicker in there, do we, you? You should
2: measure him out, We had some out, we man. Had some, paint, uh,
0: some drop cloth from, from when we painted the living room a few weeks ago, and I have started putting that under his it's cage like, at night. And it's, it's like
1: bend it like Beckham has a whole new oh, meaning. Man. It's, it's right. awful.
0: I didn't even tell you about oh, the geez. experience we had with, with the carpets. My wife is insane. So as soon as we get a new carpet in the living room, which is a story in and of itself. My wife goes, I found the perfect puppy. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We just got to. Yeah. A so he, he's <laughs> off limits. In the
2: living room. Oh God. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, our Gee, dogs in the living room first. And then uh, Kaylee just spent three days shampooing our carpets after they peed everywhere. And now they're like, no, no dogs in the living oh, room yeah, at yeah. all. Gee. I don't know.
1: Then period. Casey, okay, so this is, this, this was the reasoning behind three puppies. The first one they got and it was like, Oh, we, we want a puppy. Cause they would walk with blue. And Kaylee was like, Oh, well, this is cool. I want a dog to walk with, because you know, we just had this amazing time with Blue. And they're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. Get, I'm gonna go get a puppy." And Johnny's like, "No, we don't need a dog. Seriously, we got we have five dogs. We don't need another one." And plus, I don't want to spend the money, which I totally understand. <laughs> so she goes and so gets the dog because that's how it goes. And then, literally, not even barely a week later, it's. Look at this little puppy. It looks just like the puppy we just got, <laughs> only tiny. It's a copy paste and then miniaturized. Because it, it's it's a it's a pocket chihuahua, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, I got to get this puppy. And Johnny's like, no, 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 no. We're not getting another puppy, especially a tiny, tiny dog, a toy dog. I'm not doing it. I'm getting this puppy. Next day, guess where the puppy's at? Where's that? You know, the puppy's at their house. And it's like, oh, my God. Then... A week later, it's, um, I think this puppy is too small for Ollie to play with. So we need another puppy for our big puppy that we just got two weeks ago to be able to play because the tiny puppy that we got is too tiny. Oh my God. Really?
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly how it went down. (laughs) Yeah. and... And,
1: And then it was Johnny going, no, 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 we don't need a third fucking puppy. You're killing me.
2: And then what happened? We got a third fucking puppy. Yep. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, this this goes against
0: everything I was raised with. Um,
2: we never had
0: inside dogs when I was a kid, and uh,
2: yeah, we, we we had outside dogs. As a yeah,
0: ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so now we've just to separate like our old dog, who has been an inside dog all of her life, which was an experience for me getting used to. Um, at night, we'll put the old dog in the bedroom with us so she doesn't, like, I don't know, try to pick a fight with the puppy. Well, she she doesn't. The puppy will, like, bite at her, though. Um, and the old dog has taken to jumping up on our bed so much so that I've put, like, an old quilt at the, at the foot of our bed. Um, that mm-hmm. is also something that I've been adamantly against. Like, dogs do not belong on people beds. Nope. But... She keeps my feet warm, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm the exact
1: opposite. We had inside dogs. We didn't have outside dogs. My dogs always slept in the bed with me or on the couch. I, I just, for me, it's like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, I, don't I don't have hunting dogs. You know what I mean? I don't have work dogs. I think that's a different symbio relationship. So I, yeah, to, it's like they got to be. I want to be able to hold him and cuddle him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my Ollie is going to be—he's a, a husky or part husky, part lab, part bloodhound. He's going to be huge, and he's still a kettle dog. He's like Kay was holding him this morning, and he's like, you know, as almost as big as you know her chest area or her torso, and he's getting giant. And he was stuck with you last night, Kenrick.
1: Yep. 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 But well, we, we kind of got topic off totally. Here. We did a lot yeah. of puppy talk.
0: Edward Savio. Check him out; he's amazing. Um, his book series is doing gangbusters right now, and it is uh, it's, it's really a fascinating um, idea. And uh, a- apparently, he's killing. It. I can't wait to dig into it myself. He has a novella, uh, backslash mm. Bloodborne. Uh, if you go onto his website and um, give him like sign up for his mailing list, you can get the novella for free. And that's kind of an intro into the world of, uh, of his book series. Uh, so check it out. It's fantastic.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Go there, check out. We'll have links in the show notes for everybody to click on and go check it out. Thank you, Casey, for doing the interview today. Thanks to Ed for coming on. And I think that's a show.
1: That is a show. It's a show of all shows. And we'll see you guys soon. But before we actually go, I want to implore you. Go check out everything we have to offer at spoilerverse.com. Not only do you get over 350 episodes with this show right here, but we have a ton of other networks, other networks. What am I talking about? There's only one network you need to worry about, which is spoilerverse.com. There's a ton of other podcasts that have a lot of amazing content in their own right. Right And right now everything is free. There's no paywall. Yep.
2: And you can check out, you know, as as Kendrick said, other shows, you can check out also articles be written by people like you know Casey the man on the show here has a series called the download where he writes very very re- researched and thought out accurate news
1: articles and um, you can compare them to Sno- at snopes.com just to make sure that they're accurate yeah,
0: yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> I write them as if I'm and the
1: that, I'm the stupidest
0: person you'll ever meet and I promise you I, I don't think that I am I, I at least hope I'm not but it's all a joke
2: the best one though I think the best one is the the review of Stephen King movies from a guy who hasn't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That Wasn't the, there the a comment of, where the guy asked, did you even watch these? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> well, there's a, the jo- you, you reviewed the Joker without seeing the Joker, and it was hilarious. Um, but, yeah. So check those out. Check out everybody else's website, and go to, the, go to the website, click on that store link in the middle, go to RT Public Store, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a hoodie, a, a mug or whatever, Helps support the show. We get a couple dollars, helps pay, pay the bills here, and uh, helps us keep going without having to, you know, break into my kids' pay, piggy banks, you know, and their, their college funds. And,
1: by, yeah. and get back into your... Go Buy my guys. book,
0: Cactus Wives of the Old West. Um, it's, it's a really good treatise on the... Uh, the Basically, the phenomena of cactus wives during the uh, 1870s. So look into that. It's very interesting. Why is
1: this, Why is sure. this the first time I'm hearing of cactus wives of God, the, the Old West? If you'd read my
0: article, man, you'd know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I don't even have an argument for that, except for that we have so much stuff coming out every day. Dude. <laughs> There's so much content on that website. Oh, dude, it's, a, it's it really is amazing. But if you like what you heard today, please give us a subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and uh, maybe give us a review because that it be does. All right, guys, I think that comes to the end. We will see you guys later, but don't forget, in an oceans of podcasts, we are. Confirmed.
3: Like Cthulhu compels
1: you to do. Hold in the mind and read
0: Your uh, your live chat thing you're doing on the thirtieth, cool. uh, and w- we're all booked up like until then. So I'm I'm getting you right as soon as I get off work. So I I, I live and work in Birmingham, Alabama, oh, and okay. uh, I work for a company that um, makes medical equipment. So uh, that uh, it it's crazy. been yeah, <laughs> been kind of crazy lately.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So
0: uh, j- just to give you a heads up, I'm recording right now. If you say anything that you go like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that. That hasn't been approved or that isn't you know, meant <laughs> for public
3: knowledge. Let us know. Okay, great. No problem. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I'm sounding okay because I actually moved. Uh, so when I'm doing those videos – I actually moved some of my equipment downstairs, and I just had to bring a couple of things upstairs to my my sound booth Uh, because I actually record. Just finished recording an audio book for uh, another book I'm writing. Well,
0: you you sound you sound good so far. Um, I was talking to somebody in Australia the other day, and they sounded like they were talking through a robot's butthole. So, no, no craziness like that. So,
3: <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure if it's the big mic here, if I've got the big, the good big mic. So, just t- just do me a favor. Tell me if I'm I'm becoming softer right now. Can you not hear me? Can you hear me less? Hear me less? No, me- no. It's still still solid. Oh, okay. Then it's not going through that. Hold on. A second. Better.
0: Uh I, I hear a little uh keep
3: talking for me, just so okay. I can kind of talk to you and see what's happening. Imagine there are a few hundred people that we're gonna be talking to, thousands, millions. <laughs> Let's let, shoot for the stars, baby. Let's exactly. do this thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: you you sound good, man. Okay, cool. Um you you have a good media presence by the way. I was uh watching your uh video earlier uh while I was on my, my break and uh, you, you. It seems like it comes easy to you. I don't know how I, many takes of that you did, but it seems like it comes easy to you. Uh,
3: you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I, I'm actually a pretty good with that. That was actually, or like, sorry, the last couple are like one takes or things like that. But, um, you know, I, I get, uh. I guess the thing that's funny about it is that, you know, I'm a perfectionist, which is a bit of a problem sometimes. And uh, hold on a second, Casey, I'm just going to put in some your parts so we don't get a little bit of feedback.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got a little bit of feedback. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I, I caught a little bit of feedback.
3: I have the super big mic, you know, but I don't think it's going to be working for this. So I'm going to have to use my.
0: Well, that just means that we'll have to come back later and do a a a full scale, like a long scale interview, and yeah. uh, talk about <laughs> your background and all that other stuff, because because I really want to um, get a uh, get a get a long interview out of you if if you're up for it.
3: Yeah, it'd be fun. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, I have, uh, I was listening to a few of the things and, uh, you know, what I like is that you guys get into the deeper side of people, how they write, you know, and what they're doing and kind of the process. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, for some people, some people, I feel so bad for them. Like, I, I mean, we all hate writing. <laughs> I mean, we all love it and hate it. <laughs> But you know, I feel so bad for some of the people when they're just like, "Yeah, you know, I don't get out much. I don't do." That. <laughs> I mean, I was built for quarantine. I'm a very, very ex. ex- I'm an extrovert, but I'm also built for this because I, my whole life is set up like, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, a green screen studio. I've got, you know, my uh, audio booth. I've got the writing area. <laughs>